Bottles Over Bass. I'm Ronnie Adams. And I'm Jacob Casas, and we're here to share the shoot. So tell us, what is a howler to you, Jacob? So a howler is always someone who is always striving to be the best versions of themselves. Um, there's always room for self-improvement. So if, a, if a, a howler is believing that they're the best at everything, I, I, they're not a real howler. I mean, you always can improve in everything you do, mm-hmm. from physically, spiritually, from your intellect to bettering anything in your life. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care what you're doing. Instead of being, um, instead of being complacent in your life, you should always be be willing to improve your life. Now you said something about being the best version of yourself. Can you explain that as as a howler, like being the best version of yourself? So, being the best version of yourself, there's so there's so many things to go over on that. So, when it comes down to being the best version of yourself, you got to think, okay, what, where does everything start from, like, in your life? If anything, you know that, I mean, a real howler, a real, to me, in my mind, a real howler is someone that believes in God. So you need to be God-fearing, number one. That's where it's going to start. Mm-hmm. And you need to invest your time into that. Invest it. So that's, how do you invest your time into that? You invest that into reading, praying, battling for your business, your career, your children, but within within that mindset of, of battling in, within 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 the, the word, you know. So so there's a lot of different ways to battle. Mm-hmm. And you said always improve. A person should be always improving their relationship with God. Yeah. You know? So so the only way to improve is to is to what to study. Because okay. if you're not studying, if you're not reading, if you're not praying, if you're not constantly um, um, trying to figure out who God is in your life and what purpose he has in your life, mm-hmm. then how are you going to grow? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if you're kind of if you're always going to stay stagnant or the same. So if you just live this life aimlessly and you're just like, OK, I go to work, I come home, I do the same thing every day. You're not growing. Mm-hmm. You have to learn to grow. Because God, you said something critical. God is a part of the purpose. He's number one, actually. I mean, if you really think about it, men in, in particular always want to find their purpose. And the only way they can find their purpose is being in tune with God. I believe that, like 100%. That's why so much men, I feel like, are just angry, are upset, are depressed, are going through these weird battles in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Definitely. So when you say always improving, that's one thing that you told us that people could improve in is their relationship with God. Can you tell us something else that they can improve in, always improving? So knowledge. Um, knowledge is a, is a, a really important thing. But um, I, I look at knowledge differently. I feel like um, there's knowledge and there's intellect. So people can read and study. And they're like, oh, they can basically recite what they read, what they studied. Um, but if you try to improve your intellect and what, to what you just learned um, and improve from what they did or find your own lane in that or your own avenue in that, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that's a huge difference. Because if, um, if, you're, if you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, I learned this and you don't 
exceeding it in a different way. Like, okay, so I learned about how to start a business. I learned how to run a, a diesel repair shop. But if you don't um, gain intellect. Learning how to communicate it. Well, well, yeah. So like, so you gain, there's no, there's knowledge and then there's intellect, right? So if you, if you gain the knowledge of how to start a business and how to run a shop, it's different than the intellect part of improving. Improving how to make that shop better. Because if you just have the knowledge of it, then you do the exact same thing everybody else is doing. But if you gain intellect on it, then you're improving. You're like, okay, this is what, what I've learned. This is how I can make it better. This is how I can improve in like three to five years from now. And I can, and I can make, it, make it better than it is. Definitely. You should always be learning that with intellect. And, they say, and if they say, and this is where it comes down to you too. So if they say no, if knowledge is power, mm-hmm. And 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 the, and the word says knowledge comes from fear. Knowledge from, comes from fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it, I feel like if it starts from there, mm-hmm. knowledge comes from fear of the Lord. It's the beginning of wisdom. Yeah. Yes, that's good teaching. So, so then you go from knowledge from the Lord. So then, how do you get to intellect? You go from you got to start from the beginning. Knowledge is the beginning of fear of the Lord. That, that, so now you have knowledge. Now you got to gain intellect. Not, not only are you learning about God, you're learning how to basically put God into your life and how, make, how to make God a part of your life and to make it roll with you, with how you're doing in life. Not just saying, hey, this is what I'm learning, this is what I'm reading, but you're not learning to gain information from that. Mm-hmm. You're, just, you're just hearing that. Right. To, I mean, that's a big difference. And, I, and I, I learned that from running my own business. I mean, I ran a diesel repair shops before. And then when you when you run a diesel repair shop, and the, and then owning it, you got to gain your own intellect because you can't just run it like you were taught. Okay, it's completely different. So, um, can you tell us about more of the spiritual journey and the improvement with that? Like, how does that? How do you feel that you know your spiritual journey and uh, has improved in your uh, outlook and you being a howler? Um, a lot actually. I feel like my business wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for that. I feel like I feel like I have favor in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like God gives me favor, even though I though I do a lot of wrong things. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I have favor in that, but it's because my um my 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 whole thought process is still within Him. I know that everything um, comes from Him. I know I, even That's though good. yeah. So e- even if it's not. How I'm reacting to it, mm-hmm. um, it is still in my in my mind. That's where it's coming from. But but you said you do a lot of wrong things. Can you explain that? Like, what do you mean by that? Like, I don't live my life by the book, you know. Which I should. We should all strive to do that. Mm-hmm. But do you um, think that anybody's perfect in living their life by the book? No, no, and, and they're not going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you can always strive to be. That's good. And I feel like you should strive to be. What is what is the first thing that comes to your mind about being a howler? A lot comes to my mind when it, when we talk about being a howler. The importance of knowing who you are while you're trying to be a howler. A lot of people can bark up a good tree, you know. But are you are you who you say you are? Are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Are you um, handling your business and taking care of all your responsibilities as a man or as a woman? 
What kind of responsibilities are you talking about? Well, first of all, I mean, if you are, you know, if you have kids, that's important for uh, man and woman to understand or realize if they're a howler, if they're a man or a woman, you know, with kids. A howler, you know, is always a person who's going to teach their kids how to be and what to do, the right thing. That's what a holler is going to do. A holler that has children, they're going to teach their kids what to do and what to be, or what to be and what to do. So what's another characteristic, Jacob, or another attribute that you want to share with the people about howlers? Well, I feel like a howler, it needs to be a fighter. Be like two, three steps ahead of, of anything that's going on. So, I mean, when I talk about fighting, you should be physically ready to fight, um, that's always something that you should be ready to do. If you got you got to protect your family, protect yourself, mm -hmm. um, wherever you're at, because there's, there's knuckleheads everywhere. And um, the way this world is, you should always be able to, not, I'm, I'm not going to just say defend, because I don't believe that you should just be defending yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that you should take the first punch sometimes, because why are you going to allow someone to take the first punch? But beyond fighting, there's so much more about when it comes to fighting. Because I've learned so much about um, fighting for my business. Um, I should have been over probably the first year in business. I've, I've been in business eight years now. Yeah. So when it comes to fighting, um, you can fight for your business in a lot of ways. Um, making sure that um, the people that work for you are surviving, paying them. They don't need to know about all the struggles that you're going through. Uh -huh. You just gotta make sure that the business is still standing and that you're fighting. Nobody needs, you can fight quietly like that when, when it goes back to fighting spiritually. Uh -huh. So when I was fighting for my business, I would go back and fight spiritually. Even if you have to fight within fasting, like self-sacrificing food, things like that for yourself. and and, and I'm, I can testify on that, that works. Because I have done that before. So when it comes down to fighting, there's so many ways you can do it. But I, don't, I, I know a lot of people want to say defending. I just feel like that's not a way to fight. You should always be ready um, to the point where even if it's your best friend, mm -hmm. you got to be ready if something was to happen, if they were to basically betray you completely. You should be ready, like three different ways ready. Not yeah. just like, oh, I'm ready in this way, right. and then they still get you. Right. right? You should be ready like, okay, if they get me this way, I should be ready this way. If they get me that way, I should be ready this way. There could be so many different ways you can be ready that, that if it, the three or four different ways ahead of the game. Because I've been through it. It's <laughs> like I haven't been through this to even explain it. Right. I would always be ready Definitely. just in case. <laughs> even even if I literally thought there's no way they would do this to me. Mm -hmm. it, it's impossible. They would never do this to me. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I still was ready. And, and then it happened. Right. And I still was ready. Mm -hmm. And they tucked their tail between their legs and they ran off. When you say you was ready, did you know that you could sense something was coming? You, you can sense jealousy. Okay. Right? I mean, a, a, just, we're going to go into this. Like, a wolf can, can sense, smell jealousy. Right. You can see that, right. right? So you can see that, but you still, certain people, I had a lot of loyalty for what mm -hmm. I did with people growing up. And, and I look at loyalty differently now. But um, 
but I did have a lot of loyalty. So I would I would have died for certain people. Literally just jumped in a bullet from them and died for them. But um but I don't look at it like that no more. Because I have my kids now. Those are the only people I'll die for. Mm-hmm. Um how I look at it now is uh is you just gotta be prepared always for everything that comes at you. Even if you don't think it is, prepare for it. There's always a what if. So prepare and be ready, always ready for battle. It's it kind of, uh, it, it's an exhausting thing sometimes, mm-hmm. but you're a man. That's right. So you still got to be ready because a man should always be ready. Right. I, and, and when you look at, um, at animals, we'll talk about wolves, right. lions, anything like that, they're always ready for battle. Always. They're not just sitting there like, we're, we're, we're if anything, humans are the laziest because we got all this around us, mm-hmm. right? But they're always in the jungle or the forest or something where there's dangers coming for them. Mm-hmm. And they're always ready. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're, we, we get so content with what we do and, and we get lazy. Right. And I feel like we shouldn't be lazy. A real howler should never be lazy right. in every aspect of their life. Mm-hmm. They should always be strong in everything they do. Where if somebody thinks that they're going to screw them over in business or screw them over where I'm going to fight this dude and anything they do, they should be in fear of it. Like, dang, if I come at this dude, it's going to be a war in so many different ways. If they think that they're going to come at you and destroy you, you're not doing your job. You're not a real howler. Because they should be literally thinking, I am so freaked out. I know, even if they're tough dudes, say they're an ultimate howler too, Mm -hmm. they should still be like, damn, if I go out this dude, it's going to be a fight. Like a real fight. This is not going to feel good. This is going to hurt. And I'm going to have to take some on the chin for sure. Where they're like, you know what? I'm not going to even do this. Let's just just work together right. Let's do everything right. I feel like that's how it should be. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Definitely. I, and as you as you begin to speak about fighting and battling, you know, the first thing to come to my mind is you got to be ready for war. You know, this fight that we live every time we wake up in the morning, it's a fight. It's another day. You know, it's a battle. It's another day. You know, so you have to look at all the obstacles and all the uh the uh, challenges that you have in life as, you know, this is going to be a big fight, even in relationships, you know what I mean? If you haven't settled a, uh, a issue, you know, with a co-worker or, you know, what type of battle or what type of fight that's going to be at work, it doesn't always have to be physical, you know, it could be mental. It's all, these some, some things are not always a physical battle, but most of these things are mental battles. Can you handle the fight when you wake up in the morning of what I have to do uh, to complete uh, this day or what do I have to do to uh, um, handle this battle you know, or this challenge that I have at work, this, this, my boss doesn't like me, or my coworker doesn't like me, or I don't have a lot of friends at work. You know, these are sh- battles and uh, mental uh, fights that you have to go through or you have to overcome. Well, the mental battles are the hardest. I feel like uh, I'd rather get, get hit on the chin than deal with some of these mental battles. So I feel like um, you're 100% right about that because, um, when it comes to mental battles, I, well, before I had my business, mental battles were left into me. I didn't look at them seriously. I, I didn't care what people thought, things like that. You have no choice 
but to handle things. Every day. You can't run from it. You can't ignore it. Right. You'd be like, man, I, I ain't dealing with this dude. You got You have no choice. Right. You have to deal with them. You have to deal with the situation. You can't run from it. Right. And that's the difference between being in a mental battle because that's the difference between howlers and baz because howlers won't step up i mean uh, baz won't step up and to the challenge you see they would be quiet and stand behind closed doors and they won't step up and say you know what this is wrong or this is right you know they were always you know uh fall back you know they don't have a voice how a, a Baz doesn't have a voice they don't want a voice they don't want to speak you know they're comfortable where they're at you know and a howler will step up and say you know what you know um this is not right we should do it like this or you know this is the better way to do it or they will step up to the challenge or step up to the fight or step up to the battle you know with confidence a howler to me is an influencer that's what a holler is to me in this day and time. It's about this how society tries to teach one howler and how another howler is inside of you. So which one are you going to follow? Or it's like the 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 good guy on one shoulder and the bad guy on the other shoulder. So you're saying that um, a howler can teach the wrong way to somebody that's trying to be another howler or already a howler uh, howlers they have a lot of uh, power to lead teach and groom so if a howler is teaching positive which that would be a great thing you know so my question to a lot of people a lot of howlers or who who you think who thinks they are howlers is who are you teaching you know what are you teaching you know, you got to remember your peers are watching while you're teaching. So if your peers are watching while you're teaching, are you teaching something positive or you're teaching something negative? So howlers can also teach negative. Yeah, how, howlers can teach negative. You know, they can be on top of, you know, King Kong, I'm, t I'm on top of the world. You know, and they can also teach. So you're saying howlers have a lot of influence regardless it, whether it could be wrong or right. Yes. But howlers are, have a lot of influence. Howlers have a lot of influence. And you have to realize, you know, that when you're a howler, the power that you have and, and what are you teaching, basically? Who are you teaching and what are you teaching? So tell me some of your experiences, Ronnie, that you have with howlers being taught, be, um, somebody teaching you something. Okay. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, I had a lot of influence, a lot of men influence in my life because a lot of people said I had an old soul. What that means is I can relate to a lot of the older people. Like when I was in high school, I definitely um, had, you know, three main influences in my life. You know, I had two positive influencers in my life and one who I thought was a great influence, influence in my life. But, you know, as I look, as I was growing out, uh, as I was growing, I noticed that, you know, it was a lot of negative influence that he was giving me. What kind of negative influences? Well, you know, in high school, I was a, uh, I was great at uh, sports. You know, I was one of the number one running backs in San Bernardino County. You know, I got player of the year of this county when I was a senior in high school. You know, and a lot of adults, they kind of cling to me because they see my talent.
you know, and a few adults that I used to leave, you know, leave from practice or leave school to go hang out with, you know, it wasn't children. It wasn't, you know, young adults. These were grown men, you know, and, you know, we would get, you know, we would smoke marijuana and get high together, you know. So instead of looking at me as, you know, a golden ticket and let me help, you know, be more positive in his life. And, and a lot of it fell on me, too, because, you know, I thought it was cool, you know. But as an adult, you know, and you see somebody with a great uh, uh, opportunity to make it into a, you know, a college or make it into the NFL or make it into the professional league, you know, uh, a positive influencer would have said, hey, man, you don't need to be smoking this. You know, you don't need to be hanging out with us grown adults, grown ass adults. And they made an impact, even though it was negative. I thought I really was cool because I was hanging around adults and I was in high school. I wasn't even 18 yet. And I thought it was positive because I thought they were leaving an impact in my life because they wanted to hang around me, too. They wanted me around. They were calling me, texting me, hey, come over, have a beer, have a drink. And I'm only in high school. I'm only 17 years old. But it wasn't positive. No, that was And they were howlers? Did you look at them as howlers? Now, at first, I did. I was, I was confused. I thought it was cool because these are adults, and I wasn't even hanging around my peers no more, my, you know, people of my age. I was hanging around grown adults now that wanted to, you know, that wanted to see, hey, he might go to the NFL. I need to keep him around. Maybe he has the ticket. So I understood as I was growing out of this Baz mentality that that ain't it. At the end of the day, I definitely learned a lot to, with discernment to see, you know, who's for me and who's against me when it comes to my peers. Because I have to recognize the negative and I have to recognize the positive. Who are you in my life? Who am I and who am I allowing in my life? So that was big for me to see the negative uh, people in my life. So who is the positive howlers in your life? Well, the positive howlers in my life, they were always teaching me hard work. I had two positive mentors in my life that were always calling me, checking on me, texting me. Who are these mentors? Uh, my godfather, Alvin Jr., he rests in peace. And uh, my Uncle Wayne. These are some giants. They were giants in my life. They uh, encouraged me even to this day before my godfather had passed a couple years ago. But my Uncle Wayne, he's still in my life, and he was a, he's a giant when it comes to... What do you mean, though, giant? Like, what did he teach you? What do you feel like um, he taught you how, you, how he taught you to howl, how he taught you to fight? Like, what, do you, what did they teach you? The first thing I can remember my uncle teaching me, I was 16 years old, that, that was a great impact in my life. He taught me how to learn how to take criticism. And he said, Ronnie, if you can't take criticism, you won't make it in this life. Because everybody won't be on your side. Everybody won't choose you. Everybody won't think you're the best. Everybody won't like you. Everybody won't accept you. It's hard to even understand that as a 16-year-old. And, and, but I kept at 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, and even the age that I am right now, that never left me. Mm -hmm. Because I don't care what people think about me. 
I don't care what people say about me. What I know about myself is that I'm trying to be a howler. I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to be the best version of myself. I'm trying to complete every goal and every task every single day. Daily. Daily. And he taught me, one thing my uncle taught me was never give up. And that I live, I live by that. Every, like, how you was explaining about fighting and battling. My day, every day, I'm trying to figure it out. Every day, I'm trying not just to figure out that day. I'm trying to figure out the future, too. So our kids don't have to figure it like we do. So our kids will never have to try to, well, they're going to have the, A different way. A different way. A different level. Yes. Which will be great for us because as long as it's still, it's still giving them some type of uh, challenge, mm -hmm. it's still great. It's just... They shouldn't have to go what we've gone through. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we came from a different era. Right. A different, like, like status. Right. How we grew up. So, yeah. And, and what about what about your other influencer? The other influence, Howler. My godfather, he was uh, very spiritual. Just like my Uncle Wayne, he became spiritual. So one taught you to fight. One taught you to fight spiritually. Yes, definitely. And um, the spiritual battle is, is what I really... Um, fight regularly you know we our spiritual battle is in our heads our spiritual battle is the mind the day the, the moment you wake up is a spiritual battle because you're dealing with spiritual beings and when you go to work you're dealing with spiritual beings when you go to uh, the club you're dealing with spiritual beings you know when you go into uh, uh, the movies wherever you go you're dealing with spiritual beings and you have to be able to uh, conduct yourself accordingly to deal with other people and at the end of the day he taught me you know to be humble well the thing is too is when it comes to people like us Ronnie I mean we grew up differently so it, it, it's kind of hard to be um, a spiritual like to conduct yourself in a certain way we used to just fight our way out of everything physically. Definitely. Right. So now that we're we're older and we have no choice but to be politically correct and things we do, you gotta fight in that way. So so we, we the way we handled things was just different. Right. Right. So, I mean, how does that affect you now? Well, let's start from the beginning. I have, um, you know, I had brothers, and uh, I was the youngest boy out of the two older brothers and we were always you know physical fighting each other and so I, and, and of course I always felt like I was you know the getting the short end of the stick as they were say I always felt like I was being challenged and um, because I was the youngest I was the middle child so that built up an anger toward in my life, that built up a animosity. They, they kind of pushed me to be uh, a fighter or to defend myself. So I would have never thought you were a middle child though, because you, you literally walk like the oldest. You deal, the way you deal with yourself and how you handle things, I would think you're the oldest child. I definitely get that a lot. Um, I definitely get that a lot, and they definitely look at me sometimes as I, as if I am the older brother because they come to me uh, for maturity, my maturity, my wisdom, and my knowledge and understanding that God has gifted me with. So definitely have uh, an older soul. 
And since I was a younger child, back to me being the, young, the middle child, they used to try to dominate me and to see how tough I was. So they were creating, actually creating a beast from the beginning. Mm. Them Fe- two were. Feeding the wolf. They were feeding me. <laughs> so, you know, I felt like I had to be this type of person in society because of what the older ones were teaching. So as I began to grow older, my, uh, my mom and dad's teaching and my mentor's teaching came in to try to teach me the spiritual way or the um, to handle it emotionally the mental way so i was able to as i got older to change my mentality on how i thought not just using my hands and my anger now i use my wisdom i use my heart i use my mind i use my ears i use my eyes i use all the the how difficult was that to change though I go back to that moment. Like, obviously, we can talk about it now differently. Mm-hmm. But I know how difficult that was. But I feel like you know mm-hmm. how difficult that transition was. And I feel like being a man, being a howler, you have to make changes in your life. So how difficult was it for you to transition to just handling things with your fists to making a whole different change of how you handle things? Well... I'm going to tell you a story. I almost lost my hand one time. I got a scar right here if you can't see it. And um, I got into it with someone at a park. And I'm an adult. I think I'm about 27, 28 years old. And him and his friends were all in a circle. And they were all, we were playing basketball. So as we playing basketball, the guy uh, is bumping me real hard in my back. And I, didn't, I only had one friend, that, one friend with me. At, this, at, at the park. So I guess he thought I was a little kid or something, so he kept doing it. And he had his all MMA, UFC friends there with him. So at this time, I'm like, I'm gonna give him a pass. I'm trying to, I'm transitioning into my mindset of change. My mindset, my mentality is changing and forgive and uh, turn the other cheek and be humble while I'm doing it. So I'm working on this with all my heart, with all my strength. I've been, in, I've been trying for about the past two or three years, and I was challenged. And this was the first challenge because I was doing good for about two to three years. And most people don't challenge people like us. No. So it's rare. Right. So when it happens, it kind of like throws you off too because you, you already know what to do. Right. And they, they, they're fooled by the smile. Yeah. So they say, oh, like, look at the smile. You know, he's nice, so I'm going to punk him. or I'm a, So he kept hitting me in my back and... Uh, with his elbow, I didn't even have the ball in my hand, so he was checking me. Um, and we was going down the court, and he was checking me. So I said, "Hey, I'm a grown man. You know, you're gonna have to, you know, chill out, relax. I'm a grown man. You're gonna, you're a grown man." So, and in my head, I'm praying. You know, like I don't want this to happen because I'm gonna hurt somebody out here. You ain't praying because you're scared. No, definitely Tyler's not praying. Pray <laughs> I'm not praying because I'm scared. I'm praying because of what I'm about to do to this guy. And you want, if and he you, and you don't want to have to do it because we did it enough times. Right. Right. I'm, I I know you. Right. And I know you did it enough times. So just everybody needs to be aware. Right. Our prayers are different. Howler prayers are different mm-hmm. because we're praying to do the right thing. Right. And that's what we want to do because we're not afraid of right. anything. 
it's it, if anything, I mean, we're just we just don't want to do what we know what we can do. Right, and that's how it was. Exactly how you you explained it. I was definitely uh, giving him pass after pass. I gave him three passes, and I told him, I said, "Listen, you put your hands on me again. I'm gonna put my hands on you." And after this is after I had told God, like I won't punch anybody else if you, uh, you know, help me with my anger and my uh, my aggressiveness. And I failed the test, but I knew it was a test after. I didn't know it was. A, I knew it was a test as I was. Um, as I was being challenged, I knew it was a test. So I stopped and I said, you know, I'm going to give him one more chance. And that's when he hit me in the back of my neck with his elbow. He dropped the basketball. I dropped the basketball and it was lights out for him. He had no chance. But I failed the test because I've been trying to work on at that moment and at that time. And I almost lost my hand. After I asked God, hey, take this anger and this aggression from me. So I almost lost my hand right here. And the doctor said that. It was only a fingernail. But some people need to be humble, Ronnie. I bet you he didn't do that, that stuff again. I'm, I'm sure he didn't. I'm sure he didn't. And, and we humble a lot of people in our lives. Definitely. But but I, but at the end of the day, I feel like sometimes people need to be humbled. And, and maybe, I, I mean, I mean, I know it's sometimes it's war, but you gave him chance after chance, elbowing mm-hmm. you. I mean, I know that, that sometimes we got to tr- turn the other cheek, but I feel that sometimes that we save somebody else from getting the same treatment. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I, I I'm sure know. he won't do that to no one else. And, I mean, of course, a lot of his friends came rushing me. My hand was leaking, blood and, I mean, blood and bleeding all over the place. And I had to take my shirt off and wrap my hand and go to, straight to the hospital. But, I, I, but t- that lesson was learned because I didn't leave that, I did not leave that scene without waking him up and hugging him and asking oh, okay. him to forgive me. And what did he say? He said, yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever again. Uh, yeah, he said, yeah, whatever. I I, and, and, and his friends, the, the cold part about it is his friends said I should have stalled him out. You should have stalled him out. But they um, they seen, I said, well, you guys seen how he was approaching me. Y'all seen how he was attacking me. So he's telling me I, st- I gave him chance after chance after chance. And he still wouldn't accept my apology, nor would he accept, you know, what had happened. See, see what well, he needed it there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he was blessed yeah. with that, with getting hurt because he needed that because he's in. It could have been worse. No, he, no, the thing is, he could be he could be worse than somebody else. Yes. You know, I don't feel like maybe it was a good thing for you mm-hmm. to do that, but it was a good thing for him to get it done. Definitely. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. So, I mean, I believe that, you know, the positive teachings from my you know peers were were teaching me to give that person a chance and a chance and a chance and a chance you can't let people just walk all over but when you. they start putting their hands just yes definitely you got you got to handle definitely business. they got they got to learn they got to feel the power sometimes definitely you know but I, I i that was a part of my growth that was that was the first part of my growth and the first test of my growth from when we said when I was a kid and I was just, I was aggressive and angry just because that's who I wanted to be. That's who I was creating. I was creating this monster. I was creating this, 
you know, my brothers and my my uh, my brothers and cousins they introduced me because I was younger to the monster. But but I think a, a, a real howler like like you like you were doing, um, they're gonna start off as a monster, right? Like they're gonna start off trying to bark and howl and, and bite. I think it was in my blood too right? because I didn't back down from nothing. Yeah, but, and, but, and nobody. But but a real howler tries to learn to control. That monster in Definitely. Them. That's they, good. Right? They should yes. always try to control the monster in them. Because they already know it's there. Yeah. So unless somebody's putting their hands on you, mm-hmm. where, 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 where like you need to defend yourself, you need to fight now, mm-hmm. I, I feel like um, like like you can't be, be humble and just be like, all right, you know what? You're, you're, you're tough, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that came but, later on in life. Yeah. But once like, they put their hands on you, right. they, they got to get dropped. Right. I feel like, I mean, you can walk away if you want to, but I feel like sometimes... Is for the best, even for them, right. because they they are going to do this to somebody else, right. and and they might not now because they got dropped so hard it hurt, right. and, and they needed to be humble. And I agree, I agree. There's a no hands policy. I teach my kids this: you don't let nobody get in your face, you don't let nobody come close to you to touch you or even act like they're going to do something to you. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't in fear at all. So I mean, I got I let him get his little elbows in the back, and I didn't even you know. And I just kept telling him, like, look, chill, relax. It wasn't hurting me, but I could tell him, I could tell he was doing it intentionally. Yeah. So. He was trying to get at you. He was trying to get at me. You, you he was trying to, sh- to see. You got to show him the how. Yeah, and I, and I ain't let him up underneath here. Nah, you know? they don't see. They didn't you see. Know, you always wear clothes that are normal. <laughs> yeah. He takes that sweater off, he has big ass guns. Yeah, so at the end of the day, <laughs> people going to think, like, you know, who is this little kid? Because, you know, they, they, don't, they don't see. I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> And, and that, give and, it to them. Yeah, and that's and that's how how that happened. So, to make a long story short, that was my transition from, you know, growing up angry and animosity with no control, to where I've started to learn as I got older to humble myself, turn the other cheek, and um, try to do my best to defuse um, situations like that. And um, I think that's the best way as a man, as a howler, you don't always have to stick your chest out to show that you're tough. People should already know who you are just by your presence. Especially as a doll howler. You shouldn't have to stick your chest out. Like, if, if, the only, you only need to do that if, uh, if you're ready to, to, to battle, to fight. I feel like um, that's completely true. Because that's uh, we don't do that. No, I don't stick my chest yeah, out. If we, I, if we go hang out, we go have lunch, we go have dinner. That's a somewhere. baby howler. Right. They want to prove something. You know what I mean? Like right, people or, in the gym. Yeah. They want to prove something. Yeah, you got people in the gym like that. I can't wait for that podcast to, to come out about, you know, uh, testosterone chest people in the gym. <laughs> yeah. They got their chest sticking all out like we care. Yeah, we don't care. I don't care how big your chest is. I Everybody don't care gets dropped at the end of the day. <laughs> don't care about any of that. I'm a grown man. You a grown man. You a howler. I'm a howler. Just don't put your hands on me. That's all we, that's, that's, that's called respect. Yeah. You know, so... Howlers don't have to stick their chest out no. to say, look at me, look how big I am, look how strong I am. That don't mean you have the, the, the mental capabilities to fight. And that don't mean you have the spiritual capabilities to fight. And that also don't mean you have the hands to fight. So because you have the look doesn't mean that you're a true howler. Yeah. You, oh, can, you, sure. can, look the, you can look the part. 
you know, you could be a negative howler. You, you know, like and, we and that's spoke the thing about. too. There's still negative howlers, even even if there are a howler. There's, they're going to teach negatively. Right. You know, and that's not. That's just as bad to me as a bass. It, it's actually worse. Right. You know what I mean. Also, howlers. Let's talk about you know uh, uh, positive howlers. I want to get back to the positive howlers and, and what they're teaching. Part positive howlers teach hard work. That's what part is positive. It's, you know, I'm supposed to be at practice or I'm supposed to be at home resting, and other people are trying to teach, me, uh, get me into drugs and alcohol and falling for all the other temptations that will lead you away from your goals and lead you away from the positive things that you have for your future. So my positive howlers in my life, they were always talking, t telling me to push forward. They were always telling me work harder. They were always telling me the things I needed to be doing that were positive for what I was trying to be, become, and do in this life. That's what my howler, the positive howlers were trying, were helping me understand. You know, they were trying to help me understand that there, that there were no handouts in this life. They were trying to tell me that you always got to stay on the grind in this life. That's what my positive howlers were trying to teach me because as I got older, if I didn't make it to sports or to the NFL, which I didn't, I still needed to hear uh, there's no easy way out. I still needed to hear never give up. I still needed to hear in the back of my head, you have to grind harder. There's no easy, there's no handouts. There's no easy way out. So I need that now in my life because uh, society is not easy for nobody. Especially now because of the way everything is. So how, where do you find your inspiration from now? Myself. Uh, and and uh, I have, like you, you're very, uh, this is no cap, you're a great inspiration. Because anything that you... And this is, um, we might, y'all might have to cut this, no cap. Anything that you touch, you go hard on. Anything that you, you put your mind to, anything that you have a goal to accomplish or a business that you have to accomplish, you're all in. Whether it's Fix It Diesel, your, your business, whether it's this podcast, whether it's your children, whether it's uh, us, your friends. Whatever you put your mind to that you say you love, you're all in. And I've seen that I've seen you go all in and mostly everything that you love. If you didn't love it, you were, you were slack on it. You were slack and you wouldn't pay it much attention. But I've seen you and I'm inspired. And I, this ain't the first time I've told you. We, I'm saying this on this podcast. But at the end of the day, you go harder than most people that I've seen with in something that you love not just the people that you love but your future fix the diesel is your future this podcast is looking like it's your, the future so you have been going 150% in these things you've been going 150% since fix the diesel when it almost failed i was here i watched that i watched it i watched the bank account go down to zero with my own eyes and I watched it. I watched it go from sixty thousand dollar accounts a week to nothing 
with my own eyes. And I'm looking back now is, hey, a lot of people that that didn't make it past that four to five years, you made it to eight, nine, almost 10 years plus. So if I can, if I can, if, and I don't have that too much in my life, you know, I don't have too many uh, positive influences around me now. So that's why I say you're one of the biggest influences that I've watched and I've seen how much you put your heart into things. So I'm, I influence myself when I, I appreciate that. That's 100. But, you know, I don't even feel like that guy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I ain't going hard enough. I feel like I'm not pushing hard enough, not moving fast. But that's enough. what true howlers, howlers think. Because I have a lot of things going on in my life that I want to accomplish and goals. I have different properties, properties in Kentucky, properties in Tennessee, properties in Nevada, property in Apple Valley. So you're trying to tell, and, and three out of the five are vacant. So I'm, I have to, in my mind, try to figure out how do I get it done? What's next? How much money do I have to invest in doing this, these things? Do I have the money? Do I have the, do I have the capital to do these things? But as I look at the influence that I have around me, which is, you know, you and a couple, uh, one other person that I can call an influencer in a part of my life. When I look at this thing, when I look at it, I say, well, wow, I'm not alone. Jacob has all these things that he's trying to do, not just the Fix-It Diesel, not just the podcast, not just his family and friends. He has a whole comic um, um, story, comic book, uh, cartoon characters that is huge that you started on, that you're working at, that is still in the talking when we're still in the making, still uh, on on the table while we're talking. You know, so I'm like, I feel like I'm not alone. I might have all these things that I need to do. And some of them are at at a stagnant. Some of them are uh, not moving. But my mind is still moving. You know, my mental is still moving. I'm putting the pieces and the puzzles together. I'm putting, you know, I'm still playing chess. I'm not playing checkers. I'm not just jumping here and there and jumping there and here and there. But I've learned. And I feel like as long as you put... uh, at least a brick on it each day, there's movement. I don't care. I, I learned a lot of patience with business and things that I'm doing, but I know I'm stacking a brick mm-hmm. on what I'm building daily. I feel like as long as you're stacking a, a brick, brick by brick, mm-hmm. you're building. It doesn't, I, I mean, with us, it might take a while, mm-hmm. right? But all of a sudden, something just might hit. I mean, I shouldn't have this business, I feel like. I should have lost it a long time ago, but I refuse to lose it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you're the same. Collars don't lose. We don't lose. We learn. We learn. And that's the thing. And it's the same thing with you. Is, 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 is we, we struggle, dude. Like, we, we, we were born from the gutter, so right. we're going to struggle. Right. And, and, and But we don't want our kids for that. Definitely. We want our kids to be able to live differently than us. Right. So we push harder. Right. And what we're doing, even with this podcast, we're pushing harder. Right. I see more than just a podcast. I see a vision. Mm-hmm. Everything that we do, there has to be vision behind it. Right. There has to be passion behind it or ain't nothing anyways. Right. Because if we're just talking about nothing, what does it matter? Right. And, there's, and, 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 and I'm not against handouts because I mentioned handouts earlier. I'm not against handouts, you know, 
But if that's all you're looking for is a handout, he said we come from the gutter. That means we didn't have no handouts. Nobody was paying our way. Nobody was, you know, saying, here's some money to fund your business. Here's some money to, nah. to, uh, <laughs> it's not happening for us. That would have been insane if it did. Right, right. Hold <laughs> to the level we'd be at. Right. You know what I mean? So we grinding it out ourselves. You know, we come from the bottom. You know, every howler don't have to come from the bottom is good if you're howling at the top already and, and you didn't have to, you had a handout. That's cool. That's, you know, that's but how I, you but made But I feel it. like it's harder to howl from the top. It doesn't mean you can't. I feel like if, if you, if whatever you see that you have, and I can make it better I can, in some way. I can do this. I can do that. Like something that just just to grind. So still. even if even if you're at the top, you still got to grind. You still got to grind. And, and you see people that were at the top that are grinding still. Like you see them. Right. But but it's very few. Because if you're a true howler, you're gonna want more than just yeah. to be where you're at. You're not just going to howl like I, I had this handout or I had this property uh, inherited to me. I'm cool. I'm going to just live off that. If somebody handed you something, our true holler is going to double it, triple it, quadruple it. So when we talk about grinding, you know, grinding is we didn't have a handout. So we started from the bottom. That means, you know, grinding means I, I didn't have I didn't have someone to uh, pave the way for me. You know, I didn't have no one to uh, help me with my success. You know, and with success, success is the only option for the people who came from the bottom. Success is the only well, option. It's only the uh, only option for people that are howlers though. Right. Because a lot of these people just stay at the bottom and they're, and they're content with it, they live with it. We see a lot of those kind of people actually. I have a lot of friends still like that. Mm -hmm. um, but but you know that we know there's only one way to go. Right. Because your kids, do, okay, let me ask you a question. Do your kids see that gutter? They, they, they know you're from it, but right. they've never seen it. No. Ever. No. If anything, we look at these them. Kids be, these kids in this day society, they barely know what ghetto means. Nah, they don't know what ghetto means. They don't. They don't. <laughs> you bring them to a friend's house, oh, it's ghetto, dad. That's all, that's all they know what ghetto is. Right. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't know what ratchetness is. Nah, they don't know what ghetto is. They don't know coming from the, 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 the gutter. They don't even know what that means coming from the trenches. You know, they don't even know what that means. And I don't even want them to understand that lingual. I don't even want them to have to experience what they what, what I had to go through to get to where they only look at me as chi ching. <laughs> That's what my kids look we, at me. We look at our dads like chi ching. I know. Uh, I didn't look at my dad as chi ching. You'd be lucky to get a dollar. <laughs> Rest in peace, Pops, but that's real. My dad was very old school, and you had to work for yours. But do you think that we would have been who we were, like like cl trying to climb to the top, if that if, if we were handed everything? Probably not. No. I don't think we would have. No. I don't, th I don't think we'd be doing this podcast. I wouldn't think I would have this business. They only see the, the, the wealth. They only see the, the good part of life. Yeah. They don't see the struggle. You know, they didn't see me struggle. And you keep a smile on your face. At all times. And that's the thing that they don't know is that the smile is there because, I mean, at the end of the day, we are happy. We can keep ourselves happy. Right. And, and, and at the end of the day, too, like, doesn't it work differently 
when people like us to get together. Right. Like with our friends that are doing the same thing, we're all howling in different ways. Right. We get together and, and we get to be ourselves. Right. Because nobody sees us that way. Only we really do. Right. So we, we don't even have to talk about the stuff we're talking about right now. We don't talk about like this in person. No. It's different things. It's just that. Right. Um, and it was weird for us at first. It, it didn't even feel like natural. And, and, and we're getting used to the podcast, so we know what we've got to do. Right. And, and people need to hear this kind of stuff. With, howler, with Howlers, I feel like success is the only option. There's no other option for Howlers when it comes to success. We're just built different. You know, we built to win. And winning is our in our mindset. That's the only thing that we think about is winning. When we wake up in the morning, winning. We go to sleep at night, winning. It's not being cocky and it's not being prideful. There's no other option. There's no other option. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. When, when we say that, though, when mm -hmm. you say winning is the only option, there's no other option, because if the only other option that we don't want to think about is when, when it comes to fail for us, we lose everything. Right. Failing is not like, oh, man, that sucks. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start again. No, it's, we lose it all. It's gone. Mm -hmm. And then we, we have nothing no more. Right. So if, when, it, when it comes to failing is it, not an option for us, it's not. Winning is the only thing we can do. Even if we win a little bit, if it's like right there, then we got to keep rolling. But winning is the only option. That's Even like if I so learned hard. I won. Yeah. If it comes down to people say, well, you failed, but no, I didn't fail. I learned and I still won because I'm a winner. And that, that's the only thing that, that, that matters when it comes to my mindset. I can't lose. I won't lose. We got oh, a howler. A howler feels like they're unstoppable. Yes, they might go through some challenges, but a howler would definitely feel that hey, this is a challenge that I will overcome. Where howlers always gonna have scars. Mm -hmm. they, 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 they ain't been through no battle if they haven't had no scars. Right. So so yeah, they're always gonna go through stuff. So, so that's the reality of the situ situation. If you're going to be a howler, if you feel like that's what it is, then you're going to have to take those scars with you. So I 100% believe that. Definitely. And it's always moving forward, like you said, never being content. Never. So a howler is not just going to say, oh, I lost in this situation. I'm done. A howler is going to say, "I'm going to. I'm not. I'm not okay with losing. I'm not okay with this. Uh, I'm uncomfortable. I'm. I'm. I'm not okay with being uncomfortable. If I'm uncomfortable, this ain't right." A howler is going to say, "Hey, I'm not winning. I gotta win somehow." And you should actually always kind of keep yourself uncomfortable, because because um at the end of the day, you're bazzing if you are comfortable. You should always be pushing forward in whatever you do. And it actually betters yourself. You, you, you get stronger in so many different ways. Uh, when we first started this, did we feel strong in it? No, definitely not. So, so we're, we're betting ourselves even in this. Even talking to each other. Right. Because we're not used to talking to each other like this. <laughs> no, if, if, dude, <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be clowning each other like right. this. Having these kind of, kind of conversations. But it's important that they hear it here. It's, it's important for everything. Even for us, we're building ourselves doing the podcast definitely i mean do you feel like you're building you're growing from doing this definitely 100 percent. because i do too and it's and it's kind of it's it's crazy who would have known we would have learned something from doing this podcast you know what i mean like it, it doesn't even seem like that was on the table 
Right. It seemed like we were doing something for something else. House of a Baz, I'm Ronnie Adams. And I'm Jacob Casas, and this is Shed the Sheep. We out. We out.